0: He is intrinsically holy in himself. God is holy. This holiness that he has comes from himself. Our God is holy. His name is holy. Angels cry, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They don't say, love, love, love. Although God is love. They say, holy, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Our God is holy. 1 Samuel 2.2, don't bother looking. It says, his name is Holy. The Holy One who dwells in the most holy place. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. And I think we've had a touch of the truth of that even tonight. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. Now what does it mean to be holy? What does it mean to be holy? That word is an all-encompassing word for so many attributes and aspects of our God. Sacred. If you looked it up in a dictionary, it could mean physically pure. Physically pure. Morally blameless, hear that, morally blameless, innocent, modest, perfect, pure. All these words will be encompassed within holiness. Our God is holy. And a word that's so akin to holiness in the scripture is sanctify or sanctification. In other words, to be made holy is to sanctify. And to sanctify at the very heart of the meaning of that word means to be set apart for God's purpose. For a particular purpose, and in this issue, God's purpose. To sanctify. And God is looking for vessels that are sanctified for his use. In other words, he's looking for you to be holy, set apart, just for him, even as we've heard in the worship tonight, for his purposes alone, to sanctify, to consecrate, to set apart. That is what God is looking for. He's holy and he desires a holy people those who encountered him in the scriptures always found God to be holy. Let's look in Exodus and chapter 3 please. Exodus and chapter 3. Verse 2. This is the story you'll remember of Moses coming to the burning bush. Moses coming to the burning bush. So Moses There was the angel of the Lord appeared to him. verse 2. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush doesn't burn up. And when the Lord saw that he'd gone over to look, God called to him, from the bush moses moses and moses said here i am do not come any closer god said take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground i want to just think for a moment why was it moses took off his sandals what was that symbolizing You see, that place in the desert was no different to any other place in the desert. But one thing had taken place, God had turned up on the spot. And where there is God turns up, it's holy ground. And precious ones, if God's turned up in this temple, surely this is holy ground. God's holiness demands response. Take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. And whenever you encounter the holiness of God, God is going to require from you response. Something has to take place in your life. It always did in the scriptures. What was he, Moses doing? He was showing respect and reverence. He was acting out in his way the fear of the Lord. And here... Even in our modern age, there has to be something which shows respect and reverence for our God and acts out the fear of the Lord. There has to be action connected to our observation and our recognition that our God is holy. You know, as charismatic people, we've lost something very precious. The fear of the Lord is something which is so strange in our circle. Reverence before God is strange. Now, I was told you last evening I was in San Jose, Costa Rica. But these people in San Jose are all out of a Catholic background. Now, the Catholics can teach us something here. They are a little more acquainted with reverence for God. Okay, it may have become religious in some of their ways, but there's something right there also which we seem to have lost. Now, we've come into a liberty and a freedom, yes, but don't let us forget that our God is holy, awesome, almighty, and there's a place for reverence of God and the fear of the Lord. Come with me into Isaiah in chapter 6, another man who encountered God, Isaiah the prophet, And you know what happened to him. Isaiah in chapter 6 and verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. Just get this picture. Here we have these mighty angels flying around in the presence of the living God. Two wings cover their faces, two cover their feet, and two with which they're flying. And we, as the blood bought church of the living God, can walk into the very presence of God with unveiled face. And the mighty angels to cover their faces mighty blood of Jesus has done this to make a way through the veil and to make us my God at this present point a little lower than the angels we thank you and praise you. And these mighty angels were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook. And the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from off the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. Encountering the holiness of the Lord requires response. Who shall I send? Send me. And the message of the Lord still rings out. If you encounter the holiness of the Lord, you're going to hear, Who shall I send? And the echo of your heart should come. Lord, send me. There's plenty of places to be sent to. Could be to your next door neighbor. Could be to your own family relatives. Send me, Lord. Send me as an anointed vessel. Send me as one who carries your holiness. Send me as a vessel of your life. Send me with words of power. Say me, Lord. And if we experience his holiness and that tongue uh, tong- taking that coal from off that altar, touching our lips, we will have those words. We will have that tongue which could speak into any situation. You see, when Isaiah encountered the holiness of God, sin was exposed. There's something which can make us feel so uncomfortable and so dirty in the presence of the Lord when he reveals his holiness, except, except we've experienced the power of his blood. I want to say to you, you don't have to feel dirty in the presence of the Lord. There is a place where the blood has done its work you don't have to cry out woe is me for i'm undone the blood can do its work there's degrees of holiness and we're on a way of holiness and we're pushing in to more and more and more but every step of the way we can have total acceptance every step of the way we will know there's something more but every step of the way we'll receive in our hearts the confirmation Well done, good and faithful servant. We can hear your clean through the word that I've spoken to you. Bless the Lord. Do you remember that little uh, scripture in 1 Peter 1 and verse 15? You know, every person is called to be holy. It's not just a few special people. You know, you could think... Okay, few people need to be holy. It's what they wear or it's the kind of lives they live or they look holy, you know, dull and miserable. (laughs) But but it's none of those things. We're all called to holiness. And you don't have to be dull and miserable. Plain Jane, no-nonsense doesn't make you holy. It's something on the inside of your heart. And it's an attitude towards the Lord God of heaven which creates that holiness in us. But in 1 Peter, and chapter 1, verse 15, let's just quickly look there. 1 Peter, chapter 1, and verse 15. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Look at that scripture. Just just as, in the same way as, with no degree of difference, just as I am holy, so you be holy. So what can we say from this scripture? God, in Jesus Christ, has set a standard, and that standard is fixed for all time, and it's never going to be moved, and this is our measuring against him, the mighty one, the holy one, the holy one of heaven, just as he is holy, so you be holy. And you feel in awe and so belittled at such a thought. My God, how could you set me such a standard, just as you are holy? I want to say to you, dear ones, that should be the richest encouragement of your heart this night. He has set that standard and He will do it. He will accomplish this in you. And when you see Him, you should be like Him and your glory in His presence. He will accomplish this. It's all He's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. Be holy just as I'm holy. Holy in all you do. There is not one area of your life that this holiness does not touch in everything you do. Just get your mind around that. And it results in an activity. So you're going to be doing something and you're going to be doing holy things from this day on. Holiness is a state which produces holy activity in our lives, it's a decision. There comes a point of time, if you look back into verse 13, therefore prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled, set your hope fully on the grace to be given to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as he is holy, so you be holy. So you make a decision. You decide, I'm not going to conform to that evil ways. You make a decision. I'm preparing my mind. I'm making a decision. I'm going to be self-controlled. I'm making a decision. I'm setting my hope upon that grace so all that this can be accomplished in my life. It's not by my works or by my effort, but he's going to do this in me. Turn with me now into Ephesians and in chapter 4 and 24. Ephesians 4 and 24, and I'm going to touch upon this verse and we will come back to this verse probably tomorrow. 4 and 24, what an amazing verse. And to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Created to be like God in holiness, if we left out the little bit in between. This is what this new self is that you have put on when you put on Christ. It is created to be like God in holiness. And so he can say, this is the standard. Be holy just as I'm holy because he's given us the wherewithal. He's given us a new self, a new life, a new creation which is created in God, which we put on to be just like he is in holiness. Glory to God. I love that scripture. I've eaten it. I've drunk it. I've I've just delighted in that scripture. What a thought that God would do that for us. He's given us this new self and he says, put it on. Put on this new self, created to be like God. This is the NIV translation here. Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And if you look with me into 2 Peter and chapter 1, verse 4. 2 Peter, chapter 1, verse 4. We are all called to this holiness. Look at this one. Through these great and precious promises, through these, he has given us these very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate. In the divine nature participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires what is to participate in the divine nature mean it means to share or to associate with I tell you I looked this up and it comes from a root which means open to be shared by several or many people so this is the picture I had. In India, shops are not quite like the shops we have here in this nation. So often they're like little boxes in a uh, wall and they just have shutters on them. There's no door to go through. You just stand at a, a platform at this height and do your shopping at this height. And inside there's a man sitting cross-legged on the floor inside this little box thing and selling things and he's only got shutters which he might put on there when he goes home at night and the thing is open all day long and anybody can just come there and take what they want and I just saw here we are able to participate in the divine nature and I want to say to you precious one it's like an open fronted shop there's no door there's nothing it's just wide open Available to be shared with as many a takers who come. The divine nature is available to you. Do you feel deficient somewhere? I want to say to you, the divine nature is available for you. Participate in that divine nature. It's available. It's ready to be shared. God has said, and he's called his people, the saints. know what that means? The holy ones. Come on, holy ones. That old-fashioned word means just that, holy ones. This is the church of the living God, the holy ones, the saints of God, precious and called out and anointed by his spirit, the saints. 2 Thessalonians and chapter 1 and verse 10. Two Thessalonians. Chapter 1, verse 10. On that day, he comes to be glorified in his holy ones, his holy people, the saints, to be marveled at among all those who have believed this includes you because you believed our testimony to you and i see it like this you remember that occasion when jesus was glorified on the mount of transfiguration you see what happened on that occasion it was he was jesus in this earthly body and for a moment of time, the veil of the earthly was just taken away. And these disciples, standing on that Mount of Transfiguration, were allowed to see what this man, Christ Jesus, looked like in his glorified state. There he was, glistening, white, so bright, they could hardly look. They had to shield their eyes, and they were terrified at the sight. Now, precious saints of God, you too have been glorified with the glory that is his. And at the moment, is covered with the veil of this flesh. But there's going to come a time, and it tells us here in this verse, on that day, when he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled at. And among all those who believe something's going to happen, the veil's going to be taken away and people are going to marvel at the glory that they see in you. It's going to be as if you were the transfigured one on the mountaintop. The glory is going to be revealed and it's his glory in you. His glory in you glorifying you and eyes are gonna see it and it's gonna be marveled at. You can look at yourself in a new light and you can think yes just hidden by this veil of this flesh is the very glory of the living God. Hidden just for a little while for a moment but it's gonna be revealed and it's gonna be revealed to add to the glory that's going to be brought to the name of the Lord Jesus because he, it's his glory and he's going to glorify himself in me and I'm going to be a carrier of his glory only to bring glory to his name and not to glorify me. This is going to be and what a thing And we can see ourselves in a new light. I tell you, you can go into dark places, you can go into difficult situations, you can confront demons, and you can know that just beneath this skin there's the glory of the living God. And God in these days is going to increasingly, I believe this with all my might, that increasingly we're going to see the manifestation of the sons of God upon the face of the earth. And this is going to be the revealed glory of God upon his people. And I believe it's going to be seen on your face. It's going to be seen in your eyes. People are going to look at you and say, something's different about you. What is it? I was sitting in an airport late at night. I'd been doing a conference and I was just waiting for a flight to get home and I was just sitting there and another flight came in and some folks came off a plane and then a woman was hanging around obviously waiting for the same plane as I was waiting for and she walked up and down and she kept looking at me every time she walked past me she just looked at me and she looked like this at me all the time. And she was walking up and down and I took note of her and I was just sitting there glorifying the Lord and praising God in tongues and just glorying in all the wonderful things he'd been doing. And I was just, oh, I was just sitting there praising and praising God, just quietly, you know. But I wasn't making a demonstration. But I was enjoying God in my spirit. And she kept looking at me. I wasn't making any noise. Promise. Promise I was quiet. (laughs) Not a bit unseemly. But in the end, I thought this looks like an opportunity, so I got up and decided to walk as well. And I just walked, <laughs> I just walked her way, you know. And then I just came up to her and thought, let's just see what I can find here. I'm always looking for somebody to talk to. I hope you are too, you know. For people like myself in Christian ministry, you okay i could live with christians every day of the year and that would be that so i've got to look for my opportunities and if i get out somewhere where i'm interfacing with the world i'm on the look i hope you are too and so here i was thinking this is a woman i could witness with and she turns to me and she says you're holy aren't you (laughs) she says you're a woman of god (laughs) And I'm thinking, "Well, this is an opportunity. <laughs> and I dive in there, but I only tell you that, you see, something should be seen on you. Shouldn't it shine through somehow somewhere? It should, shouldn't it? Come on, even if it's in Sainsbury's, let it shine. <laughs> I say that because I walk around Sainsburys. And I just saw a man with a, a trolley. And he was doing a bit of shopping and he was, didn't know what he was doing. And, you know, I, I felt a sort of sense of compassion for this fellow because he was looking for things and he was picking them up and reading every label and putting it back and wondering. And then he, then he came... I was sort of hung around him a bit just to see. think I'm terrible, aren't you? But I did, I hung around, I thought... What's going on, you know? And I thought, there's something here. (laughs) So I just hung where he was hanging. And then I just thought, (laughs) and I just started just to be available if he wanted to talk. (laughs) So he turns to me and he says, is this a good brand? And so I say, okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's good. And I get chatting with him. And I can see absolute agony and sadness written on his face. So I just start to talk to him gently. And the, he, his wife had just left him. And he was in agony. And I stood there. And then we walked around Sainsbury's together. And uh, he went his way. And then he came back to me. And looking at the cookery books. <laughs> just standing looking at the cookery books. He poured out his heart to me. Just telling me, and I just stood there, and I counselled him, and told him not to give up, asked him where he was with Christ, and had such opportunity. Come on, precious ones. Don't say they're not there. They're there every day of the week if you're available. And you know you can do it in purity. Okay, I stood and talked to this fellow, and I walked around the shop looking to get a go in there too. But you can do it in purity. You can. And that man needed a woman to talk to. Some men do. I think he found it less threatening to talk to me, a total stranger, about the agony of his heart at that point. Be available. Be available. God is holy. And that holiness needs to shine out of our lives. I want to tell you, dear ones. Something's going to happen and I believe it's beginning even by the message. I preached to you tonight concerning holiness this message of holiness is being preached in Nation after nation in after nation. It has become the burden of people's hearts Something's happened. You know why? It's ticking on God's big time clock. And you see, we've come to the place in Scripture in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17, where we are told that judgment begins at the house of the Lord. And because we are ticking on to that position where God is dealing with his people, God is bringing this mighty warning into his church. Come on, my people, straighten up. This is the standard. Be holy, even as I am holy. And that holiness is going to touch every area of our lives, attitudes, the tone of your language, how you speak, how you think, how you look, how you dress. Every area will be touched by this holiness. Something new is taking place. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 17. If you're to suffer I've got the wrong scripture, haven't I? Mm-hmm. Four seventeen. I'm reading the right one. If you suffer it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any kind of criminal, even as a meddler. No? I, no. I'm Verse seventeen. I'm reading 15. For it is time for judgment to begin with the family of God. And if it begins with us, if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? I want to just put a new light on this. You see, as the church is arising in this day, and it's taking authority in the heavenly realm. And as the church is being brought, ushered into its place of authority with God to judge sin in the world, how will it be if there's still sin in the church? Many years ago in Bombay, in a prayer meeting, I saw a vision and it's never left me. I was standing in an absolutely vast, extensive plain, as far as the eye could see. And it was a lonely place, just standing there. And in the sky were great, big, rolling, black, thick clouds coming in across this plain. And I knew what it meant in my spirit as I stood there. And I was looking at this, and I knew that those clouds were the coming judgment of God. And as I stood there, I was shouting out, Holy, just and righteous are you in all your ways. All your judgments are righteous. And as I was standing there, I was shouting this, and I realized that this is the cry of the Spirit in response to the judgment of God. God is just in all his ways. And I remember thinking, my God, here am I, seeing judgment coming, and yet I'm extolling you. You're just, and you're right. And you see, that is what the church is going to do. It's going to stand up in this day. And it's going to see the judgments of God coming upon the face of the earth. In fact, if you turn with me into Revelations and chapter 8, you'll find that your very prayers are calling down the judgments of God. Chapter 8, verse 3. And another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints. Do you not think that your prayers are there? Your prayers that you prayed perhaps even this day have touched heaven and there they are being poured out, offered up to God. He was given a censer and came and stood at the altar And he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense, together with the prayers of the saints, went up before God from the angel's hand. And then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from off the altar, and he hurled it on the earth. And there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashings, and lightning, and an earthquake so there in response to the prayers of the saints which had reached up into heaven and mixed with the incense had gone up even into the very nostrils of our god the response was in to the prayers peals of thunder and judgments being cast upon the earth we are those who are going to be bringing in those end-time purposes of God. God is keeping his church in step with himself. He says he doesn't do anything without revealing it to his holy prophets. And so he's been speaking into the church and into the hearts of his people, this is my next step, this is my next step, this is the next thing that I'm going to do. And so he keeps his church in tune with himself. And so at this time, he's warning his church, according to that scripture in 1 Peter. He's saying, come on, church, be holy, get your act together, straighten up, because your prayers are penetrating heaven and are calling judgment upon the face of the earth, and I don't want you to be judged along with the world. You see, God will judge sin wherever he finds it even if it's in good, Christian, spirit-filled hearts, he will still judge sin. He'll judge sin if he finds it in heathen hearts. But he will judge sin. It will be judged. So if we are crying out for God to move and to judge sin upon the earth, we could be calling coals of fire upon our own heads. And so God gives warning in this day. Be holy, just as I am holy. He's giving us an opportunity, before he steps on the stage and it's too late. So perhaps you can see the urgency of the things of which are being said by the Spirit at this time. It is the gracious, tender mercy of God giving us a holy warning at this time. So, Church of the Living God, it's time for judgment to begin with the family of God. And that judgment will come and is coming. At the present time, in the United States, great names, famous people in the Christian world have toppled and fallen. Judgment has come to the house of God. And it begins there with the leadership. It begins in the right place. God always does things in correct order. And so he judges leadership that which is unrighteous that which is not walking according to the truth will be judged and pulled down this is a day where we need to check ourselves for integrity of heart do our lips and actions match do we say one thing do another we need to be full of integrity because you see that scripture I read from Ephesians 4 and 24, it, 22 I think it was, it said that he has given to us not just holiness but also righteousness. He's made it available to us. This new life that he's given us is of his own righteousness as well as his own holiness. And this righteousness needs to be worked out in doing right in every area of our lives. That's what righteousness is. And God has got this high calling upon his people. I believe, you see, something of the fire of God is going to consume us in these last days. Something's going to take place, isn't it? Otherwise we're never going to be where we should be. We can't be apathetic, just happy little Christians any longer. When judgment's about to fall, The ship's about to sink. Something catastrophic is about to take place. We can't be sitting there just as if nothing is taking place. We're going to have to be ready, ready to work, ready to act, ready to stretch out that hand, ready to speak, ready to be involved in ways we've never been involved before. Now is the time to act. Now is the time to act. Some time ago, I was in Harrisburg in Pennsylvania, and I saw a vision, and it was a strange vision at the time. I couldn't understand it completely, but God revealed the meaning to me over the next weeks. I saw a long bar. It was about six foot long. And it was like a rough workman's solid iron bar he would dig a hole with and on the end of this bar were pieces of metal about this long about 10 or 12 inches long and they were curved bent over on the end and fixed in a pattern all the way round many 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 of them and they were fixed all around the end of the bar so it, the end was thick with these pieces of metal around the end and in this vision, my eyes were drawn to these pieces of metal on the end. And I kept saying to the Lord, what is it? What do they mean? And he said to me, look at them, chemically clean. They were glistening, shining. And the bar was any old bar. But on these pieces of metal were so shiny and so pure and clean. And he said, chemically clean as clean as something could possibly be clean. And I was still saying, Lord, what is it? And one minute I thought, this is a club. Next minute I thought, Lord, this is a a scepter. And then he showed me. And he said to me, this is the scepter, what I'm looking to do is to pick up my holy, cleansed people, and I want to put into their hand the scepter of the Lord, and they will rule in the midst of their enemies. But a holy, clean people can do this, because they're going to judge sin as they rule in the midst of their enemies. And he said, I'm also going to gather my people together, my holy, pure people, and I'm going to take them up in my hand and they will be the war club of the Lord. Precious ones, this is our high calling. We are to be the scepter of the Lord. We are to be his holy war club. God is looking for a holy people in this day and age, and nothing other than a holy people. I'm going to read you two scriptures, and I'm going to close. Jeremiah and chapter 51. Jeremiah and 51, and verse 20. you are my war club my weapon for battle with you i shatter nations with you i destroy kingdoms with you i shatter horse and rider with you i shatter chariot and driver with you with you with you the people of god and god is going to do that he's going to gather us together put us into his holy hand and shatter nations with us Precious ones, surely let us be holy, or we will be the ones who are shattered. This word comes to you as a warning from the Lord. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Psalm 110 and verse 12. Verse 2, the Lord will extend your mighty scepter from Zion, the, Aris, the uh, King James, I think, says the rod of your strength. The Lord will extend your mighty scepter from Zion. You will rule in the midst of your enemies. Your troops will be willing on the day of battle, arrayed in holy majesty from the womb of the dawn. You will receive the dew of your youth something's going to happen where this scepter in our hand will give us the power and the authority to rule in the midst of our enemies. Precious ones, can you not see the importance of holiness tonight? There's no other standard. If God is going to judge sin, he judged it on the cross, he showed us what he meant, and he's going to judge it in flesh he will judge sin it will not go unanswered and if we do not deal with the sin of our lives we too will experience his hand upon our lives let's just stand in his presence Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, it's an awesome, fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And Father, tonight, as we stand before you, we just say, Lord,
1: Ich bin der Klausus der Rüstung. Ich weiß nicht, ob ich mich...